0: This is NRL Boom Rookies.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he hasn't got a miracle fuel pill to make your car run more efficiently. It's Mitch Doyle. (laughs) But I'd sell you one. You would. (laughs) And And really bringing the firepower this week. It's Dale Roots.
2: Hello, everybody. It's good to be
1: back.
0: It is. And that yeah, is, of course,
1: all. a reference to our previous podcast, which, if you haven't listened to yet, what are you doing? Go listen to it.
0: We've actually cancelled question time. We're just going to talk about firepower again for an
1: hour. That... It's <laughs> so funny. It's just so funny. We're just and going to talk about rugby league swindles league. of Australian business. Uh, is, is speak, it's, it had to be rugby league as well that was like the flagship like, spon- like, team was sponsored by this ridiculously fraudulent mm. company. It was fine and what I do with in the that... cars, like genuinely. <laughs> Um, and there is yeah, a massive was-
0: gap in the podcast market for for crime podcasts, and it's yeah, about <laughs> time we pivoted.
1: If we, what if we did a six part uh, serial <laughs> about uh, the uh, crimes of firepower? Yeah, that'd be a bit, that'd be very unique. That'd be good. We could do that. I'd be down. Yeah. And, and by do a podcast, I mean we go back and watch that episode of Australian Story and just regurgitate all the information. <laughs> ah, okay. I mean, is that not what every crime podcast is? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yep. it is. I mean, the, mate, the doll looks like the most successful podcast on earth, and all they do is read Wikipedia articles. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Dave Anthony has a great laugh, so it's he fine. Does,
1: he does. He really, truly does. That is fair. Uh, this is, of course, our question time episode. Our previous episode was about uh, not just current news, but some funny news stories from the past, including the uh, Firepower saga. So if you haven't listened to that one, jump back and listen to it now. Um, yeah, and so uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of other things for you later in the week. Uh, Mitchell, we might have a Patreon-only thing coming.
0: We might. Uh, we'll talk about that off air, but we might have that coming. Hopefully this week, if not the week after. But we'll, we'll organize something. We have got some plans and had some discussions. But anyway, we will start with Patreon questions. Again, if you want to get behind us, get a patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom rookies. All the uh, support is appreciated. Uh, anyway, I'll start with. Let's just go into it, hey? Question time and hit the Patreon ones first. Okay, up up first. First question comes from Ibrahim. I don't know how to say your last name. Sorry, mate. Would it be a good thing for rugby league if Optus rights? Also, oh, Optus Sports got the rights. He personally would love it, as it's a way as he loves the way they do the Premier League. So, do you think, guys, Optus Sport for rugby league?
2: I would be interested to see what they would do. Uh, we, I think, we spoke about this in the last questions podcast, or we spoke about it recently. But like. More diversity in the media marketplace is never really a bad thing because it pushes uh, it pushes media outlets to do better and to do more and to try more uh, and to try different things. Optus did really well. Optus have done very well with the Premier League, but we forget that they kind of cocked up the World Cup. Uh, <laughs> their their women's World Cup coverage was really good. Yeah, uh, I watched that. Uh, as a supplement to what I was watching while I was actually in France, which was which was really helpful. I watched some of like the the panel discussions and stuff they had and, and actually watched coverage while I was over there. But like if um, if Optus were to get the rights, it would fundamentally change, in my opinion at least it would fundamentally change the way that we uh, sell like sell the rights because Optus would effectively just be a, a simulcast partner. Somebody else would be because Optus don't have cameras. Optus don't. Optus just buy rights. They don't actually film mm. anything at this point. Um, but as I said, if if Optus were to buy the rights, they would effectively just be buying like a like they'd be buying a feed and then doing something with the feed. Somebody else would have to film those games. Um, but it, in saying that, it would be it would be interesting to see what they would do. And it would be interesting to see what talent they would bring in, and how they would bring that talent through, and whether they would be bringing younger people, like different kinds of ex players, uh, whether they would bring more journo's in, as opposed to just you know same old kind of you know stale male and pale talking heads that we've had for the last twenty five years in the rugby league media. It would be just it'd be interesting to see what they would do, um, and I think um, that. It, it, Change, change is not always a good thing, but the change would be interesting to see. Yeah,
1: I, I obviously can't speak for everyone. And as you said, they did have some hiccups in the during the World Cup, but I think they learned a lot from that in terms of like um, anticipating the amount of traffic they would get. And I don't think they were prepared, but they, they certainly rallied well. And as you said, Dale, their coverage during the Women's World Cup and I think their coverage during the Premier League seasons has been excellent. The platform is really easy to use. The condensed games are really a great way to consume. Uh, Games, if you've missed them, I think their overall product is a lot better than what the uh, other outlets are offering and I would be happy to see that happen.
2: Like Optus, the the thing that you point about the mini games, like Optus doing that for the Prem forced KO to do that for sport. Like KO didn't have those mini 20-minute condensed games, to my knowledge at least, until Optus started putting them up for the Premier League and I don't think Optus create them, but Premier League productions probably do. And that kind of condensed game, as you said, has like I mean, it's I'm not going to get up and watch. I, I want to watch more of a game, like over breakfast, you know, over breakfast, for example. I don't want to watch just three minutes of highlights. Those mini games that they have for the Premier League and and they had during the World Cup, like they're fantastic. And if and if they were to do those for for the NRL and other things, and you know, good luck to them. I think it'd be good.
0: Okay, my take, it's terrible for currently for because the question was would it be a good thing for rugby league? And uh, the way the world works currently, no. It's just not for me because, you know, you've seen what happens when other things go off free-to-air, other sports in this country. I know rugby league's bigger than those, but going off free-to-air has been a, a big a big thing for both the NBL a, a long time ago, uh, rugby union, and also the A-League's been trying to get on there forever. Uh, as the way the world currently works, I think it'd be terrible, even though I'd love it myself, you know?
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. There's there's definitely there's big trade offs. That's that's for sure.
0: I think maybe five ten years down the track, where it's you know it's more a part of every everyone's everyday usage in terms of streaming. Whilst me and you, for example, us here and everyone who listens to this podcast, most likely are heavy streamers. They should go poll their parents and see if they are. Yeah. And as and, and that's just that's just it. Like I, still, older people aren't, aren't streaming enough for that to be a legitimate solution for rugby league. Yeah. Uh, next question. Rowan Edwards says, "What makes a great home jersey, and why do clubs get it so wrong?" Oh,
2: um, I think in a lot of cases they keep, keep it simple, stupid, uh, and I don't want to say that like being conservative when it comes to home jerseys is good. Um, like I really like. Uh, so, some some home jerseys are like, like that. They've made changes to have been have been good. Like I, I remember when Penrith went to all black with the teal and white and uh, the teal and white and red. Like the jersey itself was good, but it wasn't kind of keeping true to Penrith. If you look at the Titans jersey now, objectively, like that jersey, the home jersey, the navy blue jersey is fine. But like they're the second team in Queensland that wears navy blue, and they originally wore sky blue, white, and gold. And they've just it sucks. like they've completely changed their club colours to be basically the South Queensland Cowboys. Um as for jerseys as for the jerseys themselves, home jerseys, keep it simple, away jerseys is where you you kind of you make your you make your money. Because that's where you can kind of experiment a little bit more. Like the Knights Nines jersey from a few years ago with the triangles. Or or just be like Souths yeah. and just have two jerseys that are the same.
1: Yeah, that, I still hate it. the piping on the sides, by the way. I still don't know why we can't just have hoops that go all the way around the shirt. It really annoys yeah. me. Or just have I'm a with white, you, though, Dale. Just have a white away jersey. Just
0: Like, it can't be... I understand they can't be exactly the same forever because I know sport is a business in the end, but um, teams like the Titans, as you said, why would you change your identity completely already? I don't know. But good home jerseys, are not even just simple. Like, simple is really it. Like, over the history of sport, over the last 20, 30 years, we've been following sport. The jersey that stays simple and clean are, are timeless yeah. you know a good jersey from the eighties it's that's it, solid colors it's still a good jersey now whereas you can look back ten years ago and man, remember a lot of those like Premier League away strips they still happen now but those gross bright colored Premier League away strips have yeah. nothing to do with their club they're disgusting
2: yeah um, and I mean like if there are there are some there are some jerseys that you look at from that kind of mid 2000s era. The only one, genuinely, the only one that I would wear now would be the the one that the Tigers won the premiership in. And the only reason that I would wear that is because it's a premiership throwback. All of the rest of those jerseys are just
0: like hot trash. Mm. Agreed. Uh, next question. Dave, our friend, Master has got asks, what would you be willing to pay for a schooner at your favourite pub right now?
2: Can anything- I have a schooner? And not a pine, and is Campo within fifteen hundred meters of me?
0: <laughs> a lot of questions.
2: Uh, at this well, I mean, I would gladly pay for, to sit and have a beer, like to sit and have a beer with you blokes, Un, you know, uninterrupted. I'd i probably pay. Honestly, I'd probably pay twenty bucks for a schooner at this point. Twenty. It's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a long time. Look for the experience. You know, we we don't get interrupted. We get to hang out with each other.
1: No, I'm saying twenty is too low.
2: It you know well I'm you know each twenty each schooner,
1: yeah I mean I yeah I would pay, I I would I think I'd pay a hundred bucks right now. Oh,
2: Jeez, you're on a good you're on a yeah I mean I I mean if money was no object yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't have any issue paying for sure paying a bit more.
0: I ask me on Friday uh, and it's like empty my bank account on Fridays (laughs) (laughs) take it all.
2: I went into I went into a, a watering hole at. Uh, in the city the other day, um, and they've just converted into a bottle shop. So, like, it's a decent-sized pub, and they've converted into just the front of it as a bottle shop. And they're legit just selling, like, what they would have behind the counter because they're trying to keep the place afloat, which I think is really good. They're also selling, like, takeaway cocktails. But, um, yeah, they're just selling, like, whatever was in the beer fridge when the lockdown came down. So I'm like, sweet. Decent craft beer. Happy days. Support support your locals. If you're still out there, support your
0: locals. (laughs) Uh, Next question from our good friend, Michael Gregson. He asks, considering the ground that this covers at nine, is Gus Gould just the worst? (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: No comment. He's
0: (laughs) he's just hit that level now that... He just keeps now if you you know, if you haven't been keeping up, and I I, and I applaud you if you haven't seen any of his tweets or his garbage now, but essentially that level of just saying I could tell you the answer, but I don't want to.
2: I mean that okay. always worked for me at university. That's <laughs> it did. That went well for me.
0: Another one's I, like, I could fill a book with the answer of this. <laughs> okay.
2: Then do it. And I'll buy That's it. it.
0: I well, I wouldn't buy it. Well, Next it question. And put it back. That's it. Bert Andrews says, a question for all the boys with perhaps Doyle's best place to answer this. Noting he turns 18 just over a month, is the Sam Walker hype justified and is, he, and is he a vision signing by the Chooks? If so, why? If not, why not? Do you mean vision? Do you mean visionary signing? Okay, I will guess I'll just answer it straight up. So Sam Walker, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, is son of Walker Brothers. <laughs> Sorry not the son of the brothers that would I mean, be, that would uh, be that would be a story
2: <laughs>
0: yes that would be the the they they found a way to to uh, obviously mix them together
2: first nrl players to give birth
0: congratulations but it's um, but it's kind of ben walker sorry and um i didn't know he'd be 18 this year i thought he was 16 still but you know 18 this year he said is the hype justified Ugh. I, don't, I've seen, I know he's very good at age group, man. I don't actually know if it's justified. I haven't I've got to see him play against men, forget me, to make that judgment. Yeah. But I am very interested in what this year is going to do to players like him who are sitting that age, 17, 18 now, not going to play football for a year. But uh, the, the Chooks got him. And what I say visionary signing? I don't know. But I will say that he, he ended up in, in Sydney. Well, not the main reason why, but I do know the Broncos weren't going to deal with him because i don't want anything to deal with his father's. <laughs> that's how i said fathers <laughs> all three uh, of them the,
2: what's the what's the rule re is it is it you have to have turned 18 to play or is it the year that you turn 18 you can play in the nrl
0: turned 18 so he could play end of this year apparently then okay but that's fair. Uh, you know but he he's he been called he's been called the most gifted queenslander in, in a long time but i mean we get those guys all the time and if he follows exactly in his dad's footsteps, is that he will he'll flame out? but, you know, it's his hoping he he carves his own path. So he's
2: better than a young Darren Lockyer, is what you're saying?
0: No, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next question comes from Mitchell Smith. He says, assuming Super League 2.0 is coming, I was assuming it. Who are your preferred commentators from the current crop of professionals?
2: Uh I'll take yeah, I take Vossi. Yeah, Vossi easily. Hands down. Vossi's your lead caller. Uh, I like Brandy's insight, but he's a bit hot and cold. Uh, also, he – I'm not going to say that he has agendas, but he definitely has favourites, but that's, you know, they all do.
0: And uh, they're not Canberra.
2: <laughs> yeah, sideline eye. Sideline eye, you've got to have – I love I love Kronk's analysis. Um mm. I would have him on there somewhere, and you know Mick Ennis for 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 some for some laughs. Yeah, he's
0: he's. Mick, Mick, yeah, Mick Ennis isn't too bad in, in a studio. I, I can't stand him on the coverage, but he's no. not too bad on a panel.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Um, obviously, call the main call is uh, Vossi and Warren Smith by some distance. Yeah, you know, I don't. I think there's a, a large stretch between them, and and I I don't mind like because Chris Thompson over on on Channel Nine. He's not the most talented. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to take shots at him. But yeah. He hasn't really got the voice, but I, he does have a bit of the knowledge and has put the work in. Yeah. So you know, maybe he can he can call my uh, you know Saturday afternoon game or something similar. But I, I would try. I you know Joel Kane's got some cooked Twitter takes. But I didn't mind Joel Kane as a commentator. And I don't mm-hmm. mind Dan Ganane as well. The main callers, most of the color guys, I don't really like any of them. As you said, Brandy's probably the best one. But Brandy, you can also
1: tell. What he does and does not want to happen in a game. Yeah, very much. <laughs> I, so. I think Peter Sterling's probably still the best color guy.
2: Oh, I actually I think that's a fairly good point. Like, I mean, the point that we were talking about during the the two thousand and one grand final. Like, I mean, it obviously sucked for him, but like, he's so professional. Um, and I, I, as you say, like, I mean, if if you're gonna have, obviously Harb's have great footy brains, and and you know Sterling was one of the best in his time, but like, he's his color stuff is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Okay, next question comes from Liam. So Pythagorean or else is regarding the 0-1 grand final. According to the commentators, Tamano Tahoe had surgery because his calves were too big for his skin. Is this normal or the result of treating a football team like a science experiment? <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that a true story? By the way, that calves too big for your skin, or is that just one of the one of the things they just say? That's
2: that's got to be that's got to be cooked up. I mean, I've seen some blokes with huge calves, but like,
0: come on. Right, uh, fun you got any inside scoop on that uh, on calves coming up at uh, at the SMH? Uh,
1: no, not that I can think of. I mean, you've got um... you've got a pretty good <laughs> pair of calves, mate. They're,
2: they're almost full-grown cows with you.
1: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, off, yeah. Um.
0: And have yeah, you had problems with your skin tightness around your car? I was going to say.
1: <laughs> they're actually, they're, my, my cards are fine. Foam rolling them after exercise is the key to keeping them in tip-top shape. Oh, there you okay. go. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Jack Cronin asks, what are some things that you think the NRL could learn from with the weird circumstances of the season and keep moving forward? For example, origin, different time of the year, so standalone weekends, slightly shorter regular season, etc." So guys anything you think we can take from this this period and, and move forward with the the rep thing is the rep thing is interesting I'll be
2: really I'll be really keen to see how that goes going forward because like the rep season in the middle of the year no don't like it like I like having kind of the internationals like having Pacific weekend and the New Zealand Kiwis game and stuff like that but like I will be will be keen to see how that goes going to the end of the year
0: yeah, I did um I did speak to a colleague who's a, f- a football fan more so and a friend and he's um and he he did say to me we spoke about this origin moving thing and he said for him he tunes in when origin happens as a casual. Like it's what gets him interested in the season and he's and he stays in tune from there. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure and I'm hoping like I said, I said on our previous but I hope it rates end of the year now, but I'm not sure if that has an impact on anything. But uh, it's just interesting to see if, if it goes into the amount and it keeps rating, if that's a potential thing to happen in the future. Because, like, as we all know, we've all shouted from the rooftops for the last few years of sick of the middle of the year kind of being derailed by by representative fixtures and, yeah. and all the buys that don't really need to happen.
2: And, and like, it, obviously being in the middle of the year, it allows kind of like both... you're like origin effectively becomes like a second final series because you like leading into those first 10 weeks of the season or eight weeks of the season, it's all about who's going to get picked for origin. And then Mm. after origin, the stories are all about, Oh, well X is going to take this uh, performance out of the or or whoever's a standout player. Can they take that origin performance and make it push their team into the finals or will they fall away? Like it allows kind of a narrative of the season to form Mm. twice so it just gives more column inches, which the NRL loves. So,
0: and uh, any any
1: takes there, Bungard. Um, I mean, obviously, I would love to see Origin at the end of the year, but I mean, I just can't see that happening as a permanent thing in the future. Even if we get that this year, I'll be mildly surprised. So, yeah, then that, that would obviously be my preference. I'm sick of it ruining rugby league seasons for half the year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we
0: can learn much from anything else that's happening now, like. I mean, I don't buy into all the other garbage you're hearing about the NRL wasting money, and I don't think any of us do either. So I don't think we learn anything from any of that personally. Uh, next question. Hey, Matty Pearson asks, how do we get Super League 2.0, Super League harder off the ground? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Super League harder. Uh, well, you need a team in Perth. Uh and Perth is, you know, the hot the hot to trot place at the moment, supposedly they want to play they want to play more sport in Perth, so you can have a Perth team, you've got to make that happen. I uh, mean
0: you can just see with all these how fans are responding by the way, is how much people are sick of uh rugby league coverage at the moment. We need footy back, that's what we need, hey.
2: Can I just do, like, there's no coronavirus
0: in New Zealand. Uh can you have a second New Zealand team? Yes.
2: Okay, good, good.
0: <laughs> okay, anyway, next question comes from uh, Bert Andrews again. Does Nathaniel Roach have an autoimmune disease whereby his body breaks down in whatever way it can in order to prevent him from playing rugby league?
2: And Bloke is dead set allergic to footy and I feel so sorry for him.
0: Yeah, so do I. I didn't realise, I think he's like 24 now already and it's like, man, you have been around for a while and just not had that, ever had that period of like 10 games your body lets you play rugby league in a row.
2: How many games has he Poor played boy. in first grade? It can't be... It can't, it can't be that be many much.
0: Many. No, it's got to be, what, I'd probably say around 20 or 30. Let's have a look here. Quick look to yeah. 24 years old, and he has played 26 games. 26 games go. of footy. He's 2016, so yeah, not, not a great record for no. him. Jeez, <laughs> well, okay. That's it is tough on here. Next question, okay, comes from Warwick Ahern. He said, I know Dave had been gutted been getting, sorry, the commentary dubbed over his gulking exploits, any chance of getting absolutely buried over campus sculling the first beer out of quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If we I can get the
2: footage, then me. I guarantee that that will happen. You've got it. You've heard it here first.
0: That'll be the problem, mate. in the footage. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Gavin Bannerman said, "Should Premier Palaszczuk grant Queensland teams NRL return on the condition A, no at the back block plays; <laughs> B, boys just get to play eyes up footy; and C, Scott Prince plays at least one game for all of them this season." <laughs> I can't
2: see. Any, I can't see anything wrong with that. Get Scott. I mean, but that would be. Oh, see, there's an issue there. If Scott Prince plays for the Titans, mm. then he could get the NRL loss record back.
0: He could, and we he can't could. I think like, we can't have that. We I don't. do think that, yeah, Palaszczuk's had a bit of a problem with popularity at the moment in Queensland. Mm. And one way back is to promise eyes up footy. <laughs> just you, we'll allow Queensland to play if they play eyes up footy. Great uh, idea. Eyes
2: up back, backyard footy even, potentially. That's, That's what the punters want.
0: <laughs> that is. And uh, she, she should just say, look, we're going to bring the little man back. That's what oh, we're please. Do. <laughs>
2: That's, it. That's
0: it. Okay. Um Okay. Next question. Matt Coleman says, assuming they give a good and prop, they give good and proper media access. Which player in season would you like to see an NRL last dance about? Maybe it's something Myth- mythical Channel Nine test NRL digital arm can work on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I mean, good, good question. You, you guys got any suggestions? I have one, but I'll let you guys fire first. Probably Mal and the '94 Raiders. That's a good one. Uh
2: 'cause because that was. Uh, 94. Who did they beat? They beat Canterbury in the grand final, and then Canterbury went on to beat Manly the next year. But I think that'd be that'd be interesting, like, because that was like 94 was obviously the Raiders' last premiership, and only a few years after that, they all split up. At the, um, Marlins and Stewart and Clyde they all left to play elsewhere later on in the in that decade. But yeah, the 94 Raiders because they were. Like, I mean, he was the king. He he was the king of rugby league, straight up.
1: Fungard? Yeah. So, is it one player on one season? It's
0: good. Yeah. Uh, good and probably the access. I guess it's player and season. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So, I, I mean, I know it's a little bit cliche, but I would say probably either Scott Prince or Benji Marshall in 2005, I think, would be really entertaining as well, given that they had. Come nowhere near, like obviously Mal would be great, but Mal had won comps and the Raiders would have been perpetually good for a lot of those years. Whereas yeah. the Tigers, this really just came out of nowhere and mm. was just a super compelling season. And was, I mean, obviously they're really the last sort of Cinderella story of the NRL, if you like, apart from maybe the Cowboys in 2015. True. Yeah. Well, for me, it's um, I've 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 a couple. Uh,
0: my my first one is Lockie's last year, even though he didn't win anything, that, that lead up to that grand final run the Broncos went on and then having that taken away from him. I don't always find – I don't think winning always makes the best story. Forget me when you're watching documentaries. Yeah. You know, so I think that's an interesting one. And the other one I'd I actually like to see is so in 97 and 98 and 2000, the Broncos came first all those three seasons. In 1999, they came eighth. But they started the season absolutely terribly. If anyone doesn't remember, they lost their first five on the trot. They think they won, uh, well, they win one of their first ten. And we had Alfie Langer retire halfway through the season, citing his loss of love for the game. Uh, that year, that, that that was the year, obviously when the competitions merged. The the uh, Broncos were playing at ANZ Stadium. Uh, their crowds dropped to like 17,000 at ANZ Stadium for a while there. They had crowds under ten thousand actually at the stadium in that period. Players talking about their loss of love for the game, not just Alfie, but other ones after the Super League thing. Talking about how they hate the new stadium at ANZ, how they don't like playing there and all that. And, and you know, for a team at that period, for me, it, it was a globe side. I was very interested in, in what happened in that in that year and how they bounced back. And you know, because they went on to win the competition the year after and they'd won three and four. But I've always found it an interesting year that in the middle of all that success, they had a year where they. They did make the finals, but they came they came eighth and then managed to bounce back the year after. Because that, that year,
2: because they were playing at ANZ, which is now I think called, it's like it's an, the Athletics Track. Q-E-2. QE2, yeah. Because yeah, they were redeveloping ran, yeah. Suncorp at that point. Um,
0: Actually, they, they they left Lang Park. and yeah. I don't know if Lang Park had got the deal to redevelop yet. It was two, two, I think two, it
2: was July 2001, they started redeveloping Lang Park and that took two years. And yeah. in that time, they were playing at an absolutely fucking cavernous QE2. And that's where, because that's where they played the uh, 97 Super League Grand Final. Mm, actually, so
0: you're playing, and, that, and you you're know,
2: playing rugby league in effectively a stadium that has no roof that's bigger than, well, it's the same size as ANZ, after having played in the kind of cl- close, cute confines of the Old Lane Park. And like, no wonder people weren't turning up.
0: And I think it's one of those uh, thing that, I know it's again 20 years ago, but we often talk about how resilient the, the Broncos' crowds are and similar, I and mean, there's also stadium problems in Sydney. I think this is a great example of actually in a shit stadium, the fans will not turn up still. No matter how, how good the team is, like this, that, the team didn't turn up at ANZ there, and I think that's the same thing that happened in Sydney over the last 10, 20 years. So maybe better stadiums will fix that. But yeah. And, yeah, they left Lang Park. I know Lang Park didn't have the rebuild organised yet, and it was a weird period because, obviously, when the Broncos became, grew and became a large side, it was built on the back of origin, really, and, and the back of that, you know, us versus them mentality. And Lang Park was a huge part of that. Yeah. So it's just an interesting time for me.
1: Anyway, I'll move on from that. Wasted too much time on that one already.
0: Wait, it, Mitch,
1: what about, what? I was thinking, would you watch a Last Dance style centered around Darren Lockyer in 2011 if you wanted something heartbreaking? I did say that at the start. No, oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> they just a uh, peek up the kimono
0: the fans didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> Warwick Ahern, any thoughts on your team's draft results for the NFL? Uh, Bungard,
1: you can go first. Uh, mine were great. They, I mean, they're, they're the best team at drafting. I, I don't, I don't need to know anything to know that they've done a good job. They do a good job every year. So, uh, my team got an A plus from a lot of news outlets. Mitchell, yours got an F. Um. Yeah, like, so your team,
0: as you know, Bunga, they always feel like, you know, sometimes you have a fantasy draft with your friends, and there's a guy down the other end of the, of the draft, do you know who knows what he's doing? And five people in front of him keep like making dumb picks, and every round he's just like, oh, I'll just take the best player left. <laughs> like That's all the Ravens in this draft. They're like, oh, I'll just take that really good player nobody else took for some reason. They kept doing that the whole way. Where, meanwhile, my team, I have no fucking idea what the Packers did and they've essentially just decided to not compete. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm not going to waste too much time on it on here. There's many better takes than mine out there on it, but it's just frustrating to see a team just – they never really went chips in. They've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for like 30 years, and almost at no point in that time did they go chips in one season. They kept building for the future, and it's like we were just close to making the Super Bowl last year, and instead of going chips in, like every other franchise understands you have to do, they made signings for three years down the track. So they made draft picks for three years down the track. Brilliant. Okay. Anyway, John, what exactly does the NRL digital media arm involve? Well, it's just like another news outlet. It's NRL.com. So, you know, all that content there is a, is a digital arm, but also all, all the vision on there, all, all the not not the streaming service, so not uh, the Telstra Live Pass, but NRL.com for just TVs, all NRL digital. But essentially it's their own media competitor and it's got a lot of stuff. People it's actually been quite popular, and as you know, it's been the revenue's been quite good, but they do a lot of content that no other media provider will do in Australia right now because you know no one else will just show random interviews with players because it's not really a story, if you get me. It's not controversial to put it on daily cricket or, or the SMH, but that's what they are. That's what the digital army is. It's their all in house uh, website, you know, and that's all down at the bunker. And there's a lot, and yeah, that's it. So, also the social media kind of falls under that as well. And he says, What are you?
2: They're they're the equivalent, rugby league equivalent of something like AAP. Like, they they put up every story. So, like, they'll talk to players, whether it's a story or not. They'll talk to coaches, whether it's a story or not. They do all the weekly stuff. They've got podcasts. Like, Mm -hmm. they just put content into the ether. And if people pick it up, they pick it up.
0: Yeah, and there is a lot of stuff on there. People probably don't even realise is on there. There is like a Hall of Fame website. There is an Immortals website with all profiles of all the old old school players. But even on NRL TV, people still don't seem to pick up on the fact that every grand final back to the nineteen sixties on there. There is documentaries on there. There is a Sharks documentary, Road to Victory, just put up there. There is a Rat- Bulldogs dynasty documentary, Parramatta Eels one. Every Origin game ever is on there. Like if you NRL know, people often talk about, they want a library of video for rugby league. There already is one. Yeah, and it's there. People just don't know it's there. But if NRL digital didn't happen, none of, none of that work would have happened. It would just be sitting on archives at the NRL, you know? Yeah. Uh, and his next question says And what are your opinions on how the NRL should move forward given Nine's offer to take it over? Oh, God. I mean, don't I don't let- think Bungar could talk on this one, but no, you can don't.
2: go like, I can't let them. I can't. The NRL cannot let it happen.
0: No, Simply. I don't think they will.
2: No, me neither.
0: Like as you mentioned earlier, mate, you talked about how the future of sports broadcasting probably is in-house broadcasting. Then you know them being on sold to to broadcasters like an Optus or similar. This is the first step of that. Is is NRL bringing all that things on, on in-house? And as as the, the articles have said, it's a profitable business already. And they brought it in because so at least they can control some of the message, put some good rugby league stories out there and similar. And even if Peter Vellentas has different vision to Todd Greenberg, I don't think and even though he's not even the bloody CEO, but I don't think they'd give it up just because nine want it.
2: It's it's their second most valuable asset after the game. It is. So it is,
0: 100%. Don't do it. All all sports codes in the world are going back and trying to do this model, all the big ones. There's a reason why they're all doing it too. It's just the way the industry is going. Uh, Mitchell Smith, will Corona have killed off Magic Round by the time the agreement with Queensland Government is finished? God, I hope not. It's next year it's finished, I believe. I hope The not. agreement. Oh, yeah. No, we don't want that. Mm-mm.
2: Paul went out for Magic Round.
0: Yeah, and I hope it's in Queensland again still. But obviously, I think after next year, they've got to the highest bidder. And God, I'd hate if they just gave it. Like, oh, there's enough games in New South Wales. <laughs> okay, that. it just shouldn't be here.
2: Yeah, I'd agree.
0: Uh, and the last Patreon question comes from Harvey G. He says, to punish Nathan Cleary for his transgression, should Panthers be forced to he hired Gus Gould?
2: Uh, oh, I don't know. Is there, a, is there a crime bad enough to wish
0: that upon the Panthers? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there are, but... Is so- he not just like... I know, I know I'm not a, a other side of the tracks person myself, but is he not just the epitome of privilege? Just on yeah. like oh god, I sound like a lefty saying that. But just the way everything is, this silver spoon attitude the whole way.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And like, I mean, he is the question we've got to ask: is he twenty thousand times worse than anyone else?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a
2: gallon math. Yeah, God help us. Um, look, he's an idiot, just straight up. Like, what a what an absolute fucking dum dum. <laughs>
0: And the, the lying was the worst part, mate. Like the, other, the, the excuse was always garbage. and I don't want to go over last week's news again, but the lying was the worst part, and then the whole thing saying, "Well, actually, I didn't tell them that there was videos filmed because nobody asked me if there was videos filmed. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not like, It takes two to lie, one to lie and one to listen.
0: <laughs> That's it. And over to Twitter, and this Patreon subscriber, Simo, refuses to ask questions on Patreon. Respectable, but here he is. Simo. <laughs> um, he asks, yes or no question for Bungard. Do you understand what a merger is?
1: What a, what a merger is? Mm. In, in what sense? I would imagine I do. Yeah, I think he's referring
0: to when you said didn't call the Super League and ARL a merger on the Greatest Gains podcast. Memory like, mate, memory like an elephant, Simo. <laughs>
2: Unsure. Hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: is he just upset because I don't recognise that 1997 uh, let's all put the shit teams in a comp with the Broncos and hand them a trophy, trophy as a real trophy? Well, uh, I mean... They'll shit teams in both of them, sir. No, I don't remember you? that. No.
0: Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no Hunter uh, we Mariners actually the ARL, mate. No, but they did no. Yes. <laughs> mate, the Hunter Mariners, mate, had Brett Kamali, Willie Mason. Great young players up there, mate. Great team, mate. And I played and Robbie the Ross. They did. Um, anyway, next question, David Hunter. As the NRL is going to be the true global sport with no other sports on, what would be the ideal cities to support each team based on the team's characteristics? Well, the first thing I want to say, one thing that I love about Australian media is the fact our heads are so far by own asses that we think the NRL is the only sport coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone keeps t- saying this. No, it's
1: not. <laughs> UFC is coming back this weekend.
2: Yeah, and the K League is already back, which is a, you know... a a sport in a country three times the size of ours
1: yeah and dale let's not forget our boys the sluts
2: yeah we can't forget slutsk fc and uh <laughs> yeah. and the chinese taipei baseball league
1: what country are they from again belarus belarus yeah the boys just they're still playing and streaming their games on facebook so australians have gotten around the team obviously hilariously called sluts fc and yeah. uh and, and they did a
2: they did a kangaroo jumping celebration today so
1: i did that? see that good on them Up the and Bundesliga, you know, I might
0: argue a small argument that maybe the German football league might be a little bigger than the, than the NRL is also
1: that
2: would back. Be, that <laughs> would be the I mean, sporting competition the- that has the largest average crowd on earth.
1: I no, let's that. not be. I mean, the, look the yellow the yellow wall of Borussia Dortmund is one thing, but have you seen the dragon army? Come on, <laughs> have you seen
2: what? What is it? The Sid Barnes stand that no one except family and friends are allowed to sit in at Leichhardt Oval? The real orange <laughs> yeah. wall.
1: Yeah, indeed. <laughs>
0: And uh, and they did what they did do. They did test every every person in the in the in the Bundesliga, didn't they? I know all Bayern Munich are um, uh, clean, but I know they tested every club. But I think the results are still coming out. Yeah, they but. had
2: there was a, there was one player come back from one club, and it's like a big story. But like it, they'll will be fine. They'll just put him into isolation.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So obviously the NRL, there might be a, a bit of broadcast potential for it. I've been speaking to some American friends who think it might be shown on TV again over there because obviously if you don't like football or soccer as an American, they're not very likely to go watch it.
1: No. But, yeah, uh, that's true. Whereas rugby league is the sport that's the most similar to NFL. So.
0: Yeah, but, um, but it's not exactly like it's just going to launch onto another platform from this, unfortunately. I mean, just like we got asked last week, you know, would we watch AFL if it came back? No. Like, no. It's the same thing, and anyway, and he said, "What would be the ideal city to support each team based on the team's characteristics?" Well, I think your your good friend Matt Bungard has written an article on this, haven't you? Like, well, uh, I well did the, the
1: reverse. Past. I did a NFL season preview where I compared each uh, each NFL team to an either an AFL or NRL team. But I'm yeah. sure I could do. I'm sure cities. I could, yeah, do do the inverse or whatever. I think we could
2: we could whip that up online. We can put something up on Twitter.
1: We could do it. We could mm-hmm. maybe that could be an episode. Maybe we could do that. Now the the Brisbane Broncos are the Dallas Cowboys.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, well, not. Yeah, not, not, yeah. Anyway, that's team thing. Anyway, next yeah. question. Goddamn Gunton says, has Doyle got a vendetta against the Eels? And is it because the Eels turn up and put thirty plus on the Donkeys? I don't. I, I don't know. People, Eels fans think I hate them now. I don't hate the Eels. The Eels fans on this them. podcast. They do. They do. And like, I was kind of. If people got to remember, I was kind of happy we got blasted in the finals. I thought the club would change. It just didn't. <laughs> Uh, Simon on the School Eel97 says, which old school rugby league legend would struggle the most staying focused with access to the internet and a smartphone? So if they'll put into modern rugby league right now, which old school player would struggle the most with off-field distractions? Fuck.
1: Uh, I don't know how we can answer this question without libeling someone.
0: Well, I'm going to say Bradley Fittler.
1: <laughs> Come at me, lawyers. I was, <laughs>
2: well enough, like, I was going to say Graham Langland, but uh, look, he's dead, so I can't defame him.
0: The guy who was selling heroin I mentioned earlier.
1: <laughs> <The new town. laughs>
0: Mate, Joe Kilroy.
1: Yeah. Did Fittler retire before the first iPhone came out? Uh, he did. Yeah. So what yeah, he did he did. retire in 05 or 06, right?
0: As you'd like to remind me, Bungard, it's before Facebook. <laughs> yes
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah he did yeah 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 no no uh yeah so he retired in 04 yeah the iphone didn't come out till 2007 so yeah okay but they were still texting I mean, but i did, I did see yeah, joey I mean, and him i mean that's that's the obvious answer then
0: him and joey talked the other day about how they didn't contact each other during the season because like you know they're sort of easy to stay in contact it's like yeah it been loose. <laughs> And, and i mean i did mention craig gower earlier i mean you know no,
1: cuz he, he played till 2013 though so he did mm.
0: yeah but over actually he got chased out just before the smartphone banged over in australia didn't he yeah true
1: and even then back yeah. in 2013 you, the video quality would still be a bit grainy and, and you probably wouldn't be, would be. be condemned that's it uh david hunter again says
0: could the nrl also part shares in the digital arm to 9 fox ESPN 10 and 7 would that be a good tactic to get more resources and exposure
2: well I mean that's like what's happened to AAP and then everybody just stopped investing in them and the company went broke. So Yeah.
0: I mean I mean they all do sell what they can, you know, when you talk about Digital Arm, they already the digital streaming rights already are sold to Telstra. Yeah. You know, they just bought the parts in house they want to be responsible for and it, I don't there's no benefit for them in my opinion other than the immediate paycheck if it was a thing selling it to a Nine or a similar or those guys. Because you know, Wild Wilder Sports website exists currently. SMH exists currently. Daily is exists currently. It just removes a voice from the market. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Sim three nine three says: Would Jordan have ever won a thing without Pippin, or was he destined to be a janitor janitor in the first round? Say that again. Sorry. Would Jordan have won a thing without Pippin, or was he destined to be a janitor in the first oh, round?
1: No, of course not.
0: No, yeah. Yes, that's watched, it. Definitely answered. It yet, because I still haven't watched it. I haven't watched a second of it.
1: Yeah, no. I can't no. do it. I just can't. We're obviously talking about The Last Dance. I can't do it. I just can't handle all the old blokes on Twitter just using this documentary as an excuse to slander LeBron James. I, so, I will. That's what I,
2: I will I'm not as hyped in the NBA scene as you guys are, but I'll definitely watch it. But, like, maybe not, not when it's come out.
0: Oh, I will get around to watching it as well, but I just need this bubble to burst because, again, I want to watch it for what it is about the Bulls and Jordan and the 90s. I don't want to give – I don't give a shit about being against the Bronx. I don't give a shit who's better.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just, I don't give it. just that discussion has no winners. No one's ever gone, you know what? You're right. That thing I've been arguing with you for about 15 years, I've changed my opinion on that. <laughs>
2: just because I watched right. these four episodes of a documentary. I've changed.
0: That's it, um, Harry Ramage. Of all the best of this, which selection has been the most egregious? Oh, I don't. I haven't looked at enough of them, but I know we did mention Bradley Clyde in the in the locks, and I know Jeff Toovey is a hooker, and one of them was pretty funny too for NRL era. He played like hooker for like two years in NRL era, then retired. Yeah, to come he was at halfback. Come on. Yeah, but
1: I yeah. don't know. I just, I, I obviously people get told to like put controversial things in their lists to get more attention but like i don't understand why it's so difficult for people to ignore these things can
0: we do fun lists that's what's a killing me mate like give me the you know the top 10 dave taylor offloads <laughs> give me a video clip
2: uh top <laughs> top 10 big men grubbers
0: yes like oh how, how would that be how good top top 10 big man tries where's that list
2: yeah john asiata grubbering uh jason riles grubber to himself dave taylor's grubber for himself yeah taylor did uh, I fairly was well. kicking
0: Papali's a field a goal try count? from
1: a kick, maybe. I
0: don't know. Uh, Greg Eastwood has a try assist from a kick across field at the, at the Broncos. Like, mate, that's what we need. This Can is what we Greg need Kingswood to do.
1: Would score like a 70 meter try at Belmore a couple of years ago?
0: Oh, he had that um weird kind of, it was the slowest one where he had that like charge down of a kick, yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's the stuff I like. Like you know what, what I'm doing now. Yeah, going back and watching sick games and in good moments when you can right now. I don't care about some random person's top ten list, especially when the person who wrote the list is like 18. <laughs> it's just not possible that person to have watched those people play because he can't find that vision anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Harry Ramage already asked that. My bad. Danny Boy, 985, 95. Favorite Grizzly Homeless Veteran. Big Ben or
1: Cam Smith.
2: Well, Cam Smith for for a lot of reasons. Well,
1: I mean, this is the easiest question of all time for me, anyway. Yeah. I mean, Big the yeah. single most hated athlete in the history of sport, and the other one is Cameron Smith, the goat. So obviously, and,
0: and Cam Smith looks good with this beard. Big Big Ben does look like a homeless meth addict.
1: Yes,
2: it suits <laughs> it suits Cam. Cam's getting into that, like, you know, he's nearly forty. He's getting into like he's leaning into the 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 uh, the rugged dad vibe.
0: Hmm. Uh, next question: RCB Sharks. You can only choose one. Ten part doco on the Storm salary cap with interviews of all the key players and their rebuilding to the Twenty Twelve Premiership, or Targus King style freak show about Julian O'Neill, including interviews with mascots he set on fire. <laughs> 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 well, um, I don't actually care about the first one.
2: Yeah, it's been it's it's already out there. A lot of that stuff. Just books. Yeah.
0: The players themselves aren't involved, but people thought they were. They're not masterminds. But a Tiger King skull freak show with Julian O'Neill or Marty
1: Kennedy is what I'm here for. Bungard, yeah. <laughs> you agree? Um, I mean, I would obviously love that Storm documentary, but yeah, I need I need the Lizard King, six-parter on Netflix. Batsy triple eight. is there a better play in sport than the sack fly? Vanguard? Uh, yes, there actually is. The sack fly is a great play, but the best play in sports is the fake field goal. What's so
0: it? for those of us the yeah, like sack watching...
1: fly. Okay, yes. <laughs> sorry. So in baseball has a lot of stupid rules. One of the more stupid ones is that once the ball's caught by a player, it's live again. So basically mm. what that means is if your team has a player on third base and you hit the ball to the outfield, once the outfielder catches it, your runner on third base can run home. It's called a sacrifice fly or a sack fly for short. So obviously you can't do it if you've got two outs because three outs innings over. But if you have zero outs or one out and you hit the ball into the outfield with a man on third base and the outfielder catches it, um, as soon as he's caught the ball, you can start running. And so obviously Mm. usually they get home. But it's obviously really exciting when the guy catches it on the run and just pegs a massive throw to home plate and there's a close play. So it's always a great play, but I can't go past a fake field goal. Yeah. Fake field goals and fake punts, NFL are the best thing ever. I, I'm, yeah, a, I'm a huge great, fan of
2: – yeah. They're,
0: fake punts are more common than fake field goals. That's why I went with yeah. fake field
2: goals.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, A next question from Butsy. Will we know what Gus knows before he dies? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I can fill a book with what you won't know if Gus knows before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is COVID deployed to send the tank to a regional area? Yes. Peter Vlanders is going to lock the storm in Aubrey. (laughs) That's it. Uh, The Sean Chan says, will the anti-vaxxer rule finally be enough for Cardi to get his wish of being dropped? Nothing he's done so far has worked. (laughs) Uh, No, he's going to keep playing. Dick, yeah, how weird. Uh, RCB Sharks, again, if every game from 98 till now was available on NREL's digital platform... Would you pay $20 a month for it?
2: Poor, 20 probably not. No. I,
0: probably
2: I mean, I would, I I probably, I'd probably chuck them a fiver, though. Maybe. Yeah.
0: I mean... At the moment, as I, I, I said, would.
2: Fuck. Yeah. Need the content.
0: as I, Yeah. As I said then, it was like, there's actually a lot more content on them than people realise. My own personal archives goes back to 2010 anyway, and I have a lot of classics before that, What all the stuff I have, so... Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't really pay for that personally. And let's be honest; like, I watch a lot of that old stuff, but you're not getting twenty months of value out of it the rest of the year. When when it's not coronavirus time and it's not the off season, you're not watching enough to pay that for it.
2: I was I was thinking about this the other day actually, and it's purely because I've been so starved of sporting content that I rewatched the 2016 Olympic handball final. Um, mm. But like, uh, Jesus, and, uh, look, I know it's de- desperate times, desperate measures, but. I I am surprised that the Olympics haven't put something out like that where they're like, "Hey, we've got all of this footage. Pay us ten bucks a month, or pay us a fee, and you can have a month's worth of coronavirus archives of all of the stuff that we've got." It's like same kind of thing. Mm. It surprises me that that's not available. But anyway. Yeah. Uh,
0: next question comes from the biggest tiger. If you were going to recommend a book in the rugby league genre, which would it be?
1: Um. I really enjoyed um, Paul Kent's book on the Sonny Bill Williams saga called Sonny Ball. Mm.
0: Good. Um, for me, I'm just I'm just re- re-reading. I just rereading. I haven't got many books with me where, I, where I'm staying now, unfortunately, so I'm, I've uh, reread parts of uh, st- bossy stuff you may have missed. And I have got Heartland, How Rugby League Explains Queensland by uh, Joe Gorman again out here that I think one day I might just read on the podcast <laughs> from start to finish. I was going to say that, <laughs> I mean,
2: that Heartland book is phenomenal. And Gorman's a top guy as well. So like, yeah, that's he it. I, I remember a few years ago, he was, um, we were actually sitting at, getting a drink at the Union Hotel in Newtown with uh, my, my partner at the time and a few friends of ours. And Gorman was telling us that he was looking to write this book. And I was like, God, mate, that's going to be some hell of a story. And now mm-hmm. that it's obviously out there, you can tell like how much work and how much care is put into it. It's a it's a phenomenal read.
0: It is exceptional. One of my, my favourite books I've ever read. That's uh, that's one I recommend. Have you got any rugby league books you'd recommend, uh, uh, Dan? Well, I
2: was going to say that that Heartland one is the is the first one that comes to mind. I don't. I'm not a I'm not a big uh, rugby league reader, unfortunately. Most of my books are the round ball game. But no, that Heartland one is is pretty good
0: i put it out there mate rugby league books for a long time are pretty shit because biographies of rugby league players are usually pretty poorly written if you ask me i've got a lot of them that i haven't finished or read but uh there's a few and that the the ones i mentioned the two ones that come top of my mind there um i haven't still haven't read the sunny bill one that Bungard has recommended about 15 times to me over the years i haven't read that just just because of who wrote it (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, but yeah, I also enjoyed all the Wangs uh, biographies. Yes, sorry bron- about the Broncos in 01 that I really liked, and again, a lot of mine are Bros- Brisbane and Queensland related that I've enjoyed. Yeah, uh, Eels TCT. Oh, we're back to this. Is back to what the podcast is really, really about. Pick any bread and four ingredients to make the ultimate sandwich. Go. Oof! Who
1: needs four?
0: What's your sandwich? Yeah. Mate, I just-
1: Mate, just give me white bread and peanut butter. I don't need anything else. (laughs) Not even...
0: So, are you like a dry peanut butter guy? No butter.
1: Oh, fuck that. No butter. Are you kidding me? That just detracts from the peanut.
0: (laughs) Butter's the best thing ever. I do love it.
1: I do love (laughs) it. Yeah, no. Just Honestly, just peanut butter. I don't need anything else. God, I love peanut butter. It's probably my favorite food.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of good four-ingredient sandwiches out there. Like a Cubano is a very good good sandwich. They are really good. a, a you know a BLT if you put mayo on there that's your four ingredients. Mm. But for me, if I'm like if the best four ingredient sandwich to me is a bacon and egg roll with cheese and a hash brown.
2: Oh, very good. That's it. Very good. Uh, pulled pork, pickled onion, coleslaw, hot very sauce. Very good.
0: Also very good. I mean, you know, sandwiches generally peak around that four or five ingredient range anyway, don't they? Yeah,
2: if you're going above that. Like it's, it, it becomes a monstrosity and it's very hard to consume.
0: That's it. Anyway, next one Frankie underscore 987. As an independent, not biased media source, why should NL Digital be shut down and every other content producer banned from making podcasts except your own? <laughs> well, um, I don't think I could handle having too many people listening to our podcast, to be honest. I might lose my mind if having people like, uh, you know, same thing. How when you know you put a top twenty list out and you get a million people responding to it. If you work at you know a larger media organization, I might melt my brain if we had that kind of attention. Yeah, I don't think I could deal with it to be honest.
1: I would welcome it. But, spent what? Come on, I've spent the last six months getting angry emails from like lunatics saying that the bushfires are a hoax, global warming's a scam, coronavirus is a hoax. I would bring on some fucking NRL lunatics. I don't care. <laughs> Th- those ones are funny though. Those emails you get. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I, I just, in general, the, the abuse I cop is just far worse now than it was in sports, so that would be fine with me. True. Okay, I'm going to start trying
0: to breeze through these. it have been almost an hour, so why not? Damon Berg says, how far back would you have to go to the, have the modern-day Titans be the premiers of that year? The rules are from whatever year it is, but the Titans have the advantage of modern sports science and a much larger coaching
1: staff. Oh, they'd win any comp in the '80s for sure.
0: Yeah, back to 1997, our ARL, they probably win. Yeah,
1: fair. Do you reckon they beat the '94 Raiders?
0: No, I, I do think it, it might be an '80s comp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't, think they, 90, the early, I don't think they beat those early. I don't think they beat the early '90s so. Broncos or Raiders teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And then someone said, adding on to Damon's question, how far forward in the future would you have to take the Chicago Bulls before they lose? And why is the
1: answer never? Because 90 basketball is the single greatest greatest error of any sport that will ever occur. Um, <laughs> the Bulls would have got washed by the 2000 2001 Lakers. Um, they got smashed
0: by the Warriors a couple and of years they would
1: ago. Have got, like Shaq and Kobe alone would have belted them. But like if yeah, if you put them up against the Warriors or like any of LeBron's Heat teams, they lose. They get swept. Yeah, but J.J. Barrera, Barrera shut down LeBron in that one game. Yeah, so that check, one mate. game. God, it's... God, I just... <laughs> Jordan fanboys so much. Yeah. Shut the
0: It's fuck better you. to get knocked out in the finals earlier than ever lose the finals, mate.
1: Yeah, apparently losing in the first round is fine for your legacy, but like losing in the finals when you the second best player in your team is Zidrianos Ilgauskas is like damaging. Give me a fucking break. It
0: is, mate. You just, he just would have won if he was the best. That's a fact. It's true. Anyway, no. next question. <laughs> Frankie, with the shock of Cartwright being the, pub, the first public anti vaxxer this time round, what other genius ideas do you think brain surgeon players will come up with
1: during COVID? He's backing an illicit essential oil trade. <laughs> uh, so they're going to start drinking something ridiculous to fl- flush the virus out, like drinking yeah. boiling water or something. Yeah. I well, think- I'm just going to take the Firepower branding
0: and change it to fire water and replace the word oil with water. <laughs> It's more. It's more fuel efficient for the players. Whatever. I'm gonna start selling
1: that. <laughs> do you think enough time passed that we could just do firepower again and everyone's forgotten? Yeah. I think so. Because I've forgotten.
2: <laughs> it's been ten years. That's Let's do it. Know, That's fine.
0: Uh, oh god. Uh, ben Owala says, "Why do people care so deeply about the best lists written by people they've never met or, or nor heard of?" Great
1: question. I don't know.
2: Fair point. Don't have an answer.
1: I, I really do yeah. not understand. Like. And it's usually, they usually assign things like this to like a younger journalist who they want to just like put in the firing line for criticism as well. Um, and I don't know who this guy is lately after um, our good friend Harry Ramage stopped doing them, but like the guy who's been doing them lately and has been doing them terribly, I'd never heard of him. So I, I assume that that is the case here as well.
0: Yeah, he's like, he's, he's a very young fella and it looks like he's picking like a top seven and then one guy from a 1990s Blues to origin team.
1: That's yeah. what he's speaking. Formula. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never understood why people get so worked up about these things. I actively, I've muted that account. So I only see these tweets when they're quote tweeted into my timeline, which is still really annoying. Mm. Um, I don't understand why people care. As you said, if there's, there's, there's lists that are done to promote discussion. Like if you want to have a conversation about the best mm. Seinfeld episode or the best Simpsons episode or something, that's something we can do. But like mm. these lists, like, oh, who was the best player ever? It's like... Yeah, some people are going to think Cam Smith, some people are going to think Andrew Johns, some people are going to think Jonathan Thurston, some people are going to think Cooper Cronk, some people think Greg Inglis, and some people are going to think Billy Slater. That's fine. People are allowed to think that. It doesn't mean that just because Harry thought that Cam Smith was better than Andrew Johns that like he's a lunatic or that he's wrong. It does my head in. That people get. So- Although
0: the people who don't readdress their opinion on that are wrong. That's just it. if you never if you don't take new information in and ever challenge your opinion, you're wrong. Darren Lockyer was my goat, but he's not anymore. You know, really, you know, things change.
2: Yeah, and and as you say, I mean, like Lockyer for you and John's, like especially John's growing up for Harry, like they, those were the players that you admired the most. And for you to yeah. have had to change your opinion, you would have had to have had relative, like you know, revelationary new information. And obviously, Cam playing four yeah. hundred games. In the best team of the last decade would probably have something to do with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I just don't care about all time teams. At least they're doing NRL error now. But as you said, it's just some dude who, obviously, as you said, does he's not fully equipped to write an accurate good list. And they're all boring. Like that's the only idea we tossed up when, when Andy suggested that top 20 individual seasons. That interests me because it's more so. You're not rating the best players. You can rate run-off seasons and, and feel quite accurate about where you think they sit to me, yeah. more so than trying to rate full careers and have them, oh, he's two, no, he's three. You know, but, uh, Oh, well, we're not going to do that one, though. <laughs> Maybe that we can do that one after the top 20 list dies down. <laughs> and then Benno asks, what's the trend you've noticed most during COVID? For him, it's really revealed who the most attention-needy people in his life are, thanks to their social media.
1: Wow, direct shot at Eddie Smith. <laughs> 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 um, um i don't know i i personally think it's fine that people are doing like silly little videos and having some fun with coronavirus i mean it doesn't hurt anyone i mean there's obviously people that uh i don't know there's there's obviously some very transparent cries from attention but people doing things like posting they posting sweet goal-kicking videos or Eddie posting videos of a fake music festival him and his missus made in their home. I think those things are cool and I encourage them.
0: Yeah. Look, what what What's something I've noticed during COVID? I don't know that we all go insane after being locked in a house for a week, I, even I, though I, we all think
1: I, we're inside people. <laughs> I think, I'll tell you who I think's in the hot seat. Is, um, I don't want to get into a larger philosophical discussion about this, but I mean, we can if you want, but um. I think someone who's very much in the hot seat are people who rent office space out because I think when this oh. is done, <laughs> no, legit though, because there's going to be a lot of I know. Like there's, there, there will be people out there who have been, you know, commuting an hour, two hours to work each way for like decades of their life, who for the past couple of months have been just as efficient working from home, if not more efficient and have, you know, found an extra four hours in their day for their family or their, or, the, or other things that they enjoy in their life because they're not stuck on a train or a bus or whatever. Yep. And I think when this is all said and done and we can go back to work, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, why do I need to come into the office every day? Why can't – and I think we're going to see a lot of people with more flexible sort of working arrangements uh, when this is all said and done. I'd love to hear what you guys think about
2: that. I, I used to have a boss uh, who was one of our uh, regional managers who was commuting from Maitland to Chalora so, like Strathfield. What the fuck? Every How day. Which is what like, the fuck? Like a two hour commute to oh work God. in Sydney. And I'm I like. Oh, live mate. your life. Yeah. Like, mate, you can work from home. Just like pick up the phone or get on a Skype chat or something. This was like probably 18 months ago. And he ended up going back, obviously, because it was too much stress. Like, he'd be leaving home at seven o'clock and now getting home until, you know, eight o'clock at night. Never seeing his family. Didn't have time for them on the weekends because he was busy catching up. But like, if. So, so like, I went into the office for the first time today in two weeks and the, just, like, the difficulty of having to put pants on to go to work, <laughs> you know, and be, like, go and be in front of other people instead of just on the other end of a phone. Like, I can, I can, you know, be wearing a dress shirt and board shorts at home but then you kind of have to go and put the mask on when you go into work. Um, but, mm. yeah, as you say, like, people... Like, and it's not just people who work out who like rent out office space like think about people who can't commute people who have families or people who have like mobility issues why they have always been turned down from work because like oh, they can't get into the office or it's too difficult or blah 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 like there's no reason that you know a mum of 3 can't work from home 9 to 3 or a person who's in a wheelchair can't work from home in front of a computer now it just it like this kind of commuteless workspace it, it opens the work it opens the workplace up to so many more people and it will hopefully as you say give us more time to spend doing things that we love
1: yeah look i, I just i just can't imagine a scenario where this is all said and done and everything just goes back to what it was before i just can't see it like and not just yeah. the like that aspect of it but just everything like these these last couple of months have shown us that like a lot of a lot of things that we just accepted as fact, like people owning a bunch of houses and renting them out to people and people having to schlep their way to work hours and hours of the day every day and other things, like, they're, just, they're, just not, they're just not necessities.
0: Yeah, I'm not team mortgage. Uh, I'm with you there. But yeah, like the, I do think having some form of office space for you know, maybe one or two days a week, maybe you share an office space just to go in and have that catch up and have that part of co- contact is important um but i've already been fortunate enough that i if i really wanted to i could have worked from home one or two days a week for the last month three months. If yeah, i wanted I mean, to before i this. I've
1: obviously have been working from home and i mean if 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 the if a breaking news reporter at a major news organization can do their job from home what like most people probably can
0: that's it man i was gonna say like, i've had the ability like i've been working from home obviously this whole situation but before it i was able to work from home a couple of days a week anyway but you said earlier who would care it's like mate don't you know that every single person who ever got in the middle management and happily stayed there is a micromanagement asshole? Like, if they can't see your screen, they don't think you're doing work. <laughs> That's true. who wants office back. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, next question. Sharks Obsessed says, best book you've read in isolation? Well, I've already said the two I'm working on, so nothing else from me. Have you guys got any other books
1: you've read recently?
2: Uh, um, I am making my way through The Outsider by Jonathan Wilson, which is a history and profile of goalkeeping in football.
1: Oh, that's so weird, Dale. Because I've been reading "Inverting the Pyramid" by Jonathan Wilson. That's a
2: good. That is that is on on my book <laughs> on my book uh, bookshelf as well. Also, uh, hey. Andrew Pocoglu's book "Changing How the Game" funny. will be there as well.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I've been a bit slack in the reading aspect. Obviously. I um, need to pick that up a little bit. Been playing a lot of video games. A lot of video games. But, I've been um, uh,
2: I've been binging, binging the films, making my way through the Miyazaki films. Well, I've been
1: I've been oh good. I'm I'm going to do that after I finish watching every James Bond film. So nah, good stuff. Hmm. Okay. Die another day, really really bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i sure when I was ten and it came out, I thought that like an invisible car was sweet, and that having a North Korean guy have like plastic surgery to just become a white guy was perfectly acceptable. But uh, yeah, this doesn't really hold up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question comes from Friday IFB. FB. What level of scandal will it take for the AFL to get the negative press of the NRL? Nothing,
1: mate.
2: Oh, uh, mate. In fairness, like they've been they've been ham- it, hammered in Melbourne, mm. um, but also like they are the biggest sport in the country, so. Like,
0: excuse me. It's a so It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I don't. NRL likes making. Act like, NRL media doesn't seem to like attacking the AFL. It likes attacking the NRL more so. So they'll never turn out and, and, and make that reflection. I know AFL media and other sports do like attacking the NRL. And it just works. But, like, I know it's definitely, as you said, they're covered way more in Melbourne than people think it is, if you get yeah. me, the negative stuff. People think they're in some glass, they're in a fishbowl that nobody attacks them in. But it, it, it'll almost never be more as criticised as uh, NRL is in, in, you know, the eastern part of this country. Yeah. And,
2: and I mean, if you, if you want a good example, like, look at Ben Cousins. Anytime he does anything, it's all over the news. Um, and he's an, he's been out of the game for 10 years. He's just, it's just a story now.
0: Mm. No, That's it. Um, next question comes from Stacker of Days. Is Gus Gould correct when he says your podcast isn't profitable? that no one really wants it made and that Channel 9 should buy it from you. <laughs> well, look, he's close to being correct if he says it wasn't profitable.
2: <laughs> he's, he's he's not far off. I, I mean, you could yeah. fill a book with the things that he knows about our podcast.
0: Exactly right. And you couldn't fill a book with our books, of <laughs> our finances. <laughs> uh, and I think this is the last question. Paul Elton says, who signed the most short-sighted contract? Scotty Pippen with the Bulls circa 1991 or the NRL recently extending the TV rights with Nine and Fox for two more years. Oh, well, the didn't do broad. that. The NRL didn't do that. It hasn't happened. But the Scotty Pippen contract. Do you know more about that, Bunga? Or should I, should I Google it?
1: <laughs> uh, please continue.
0: Well, it is. Um, I know it's in 1991. He signed an extension for five years for $18 million over the duration of the deal. Um, and I know at the time it was different far back, and I haven't watched the last tenth either. But I know it was just a terrible contract for him. That's like no money, even in the nineties, over five years. <laughs> and in, there you go. In their final championship season, Pippen was the sixth highest paid bull and 122nd in salary in the competition. So Jesus, so he wasn't even in the top five paid bulls. Yikes. Well, uh. there you go. Okay, any more? Any any more for any more fellas?
2: If uh, if you want a good story about uh, if you want a good story about shitty contracts, there's a bit in Peter Crouch's podcast about his first contract when he first signed, turned pro with QPR, and he was on like mm. eight hundred pounds a week. Um, and his the coach said he had it. He had an agent, but he said, "Don't bring your agent. I don't deal with agents." And obviously, he went down. He didn't tell his agent that he that he'd go to sign this contract. I think they offered him eight hundred pounds a week. And he's like 18, so like obviously he thinks this is a shitload of money. Uh, signs a deal with his dad, and then he calls the agent to tell him he's there, that he signed this deal. And the agent's like, You're a fucking idiot. Of course he does. Of course he tells you not to bring your agent. He tells everybody that. I think it was Nigel Pearson, who was his coach. And um, hmm. he went into the locker room the next week and he started asking around. And all the players, he'd signed for like three years. And all the players were like, You're a fucking idiot. I can't believe you signed for such little money. And they're on like 40 grand a week and he's on 800 pounds. <laughs> he's just like, well, yeah. Anyway, turned out pretty well for him because uh, no, he, he, he did score 100 Premier League goals. So good for him.
0: Okay. So further details on the Pippen contract. It actually went for eight years, even though he signed a five-year deal because they added it to the end of his rookie deal. They did something else dodgy to extend it. And everyone around Pippen told him not to take the deal, including his agents. Even at the time, it was a bad deal. But he took it because he was desperate for money. And I'm sure people who are watching The Last Dance are really mad at me, you, Bunga, for not knowing any of this information, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, don't care.
2: That's a, that's a pretty good note to end on, to be honest.
0: <laughs> is. It's where we go. just like to thank our uh, Boom Rookie tier patrons, those guys who are the producers of the show and uh, pay for their name to get mentioned. Anyway, that's Alex Sergio Comey, Bert Andrews, Dan Cullinane, Dave, D. Fisher, Jason, Carlo Tyson, Matty McPherson, Roxanne Clark, Scott Finlayson, Simo Ali, Ty, Tom Hardy, Maura Cahoon.
1: Thanks, guys, for getting by on the podcast. Cool. So uh, is that all the questions, Mitchell? That is. We're done. Great. Fantastic. Another great episode for you guys. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you again so much. Uh, please stay safe, practice social distancing, and wash your hands. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale and it's goodbye from it.